we're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. A quarter million dollars of credit card I debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm your host, Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. My guest today is Jen Page. Welcome, Jen. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for coming on. And uh, Jen is a director and producer. Um, you have your own production company, just to make sure I get it right. Heart on Fire Productions out of North Hollywood. Yes. And Jen is really into directing and producing films that have everything to do with music. Right? Anything music. Music videos, films whatever like yeah, all that all that you want to add music to your podcast i'm on board <laughs> awesome. like a dance number do you sing i don't you know the thing is i don't have any musical ability at all so it's probably why i, do I don't musicals. believe that no i can't sing you don't I play, can't any instruments? play instruments i can't even really hear like i can tell something's bad but i can't really hear like if, if, if you're a decent singer i'm like it hey, sounds fine right <laughs> um so i feel like I do a lot of times. I think I do musical stuff because it's my way of being a rock star. Oh, okay. Like I remember the one time that I was on stage with Billy Ray and I was filming. You know, and the crowd is out yeah. there. I'm like, this is the closest I'll ever be to being a rock star. <laughs> That's awesome. Just for some context, Billy Ray Cyrus is what who oh, she yes. means. But anyway, she's she's worked with Billy Ray Cyrus. Um, you have an award-winning film, um, The Breakout, a rock opera, um, as well as you have um, um, an internet uh, TV series called My Two Black Girlfriends as well, which is also a musical. Right? Yes. And um, IndieWire called you um, one of 50 women who will change the world. So that's well, pretty cool. And, we're, and media and entertainment. It was actually a very cool um, organization no, called... No, broader. Take, no, not no, just no. media and entertainment. All the world. Okay, so <laughs> no, the funny thing is, I, I do feel like we use our art. Like for me, mm -hmm. I do want to change. Like I, I make sure I... I want to be diverse and I want to include everybody and I want to make things that are happy. So in some ways, I do think that like I am, that's my way of changing the world because yes. I'm not going to go, you know, to Washington and lobby and all that. Right. So in you some way, I use anyway, my... So. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not <laughs> already. <laughs> anyway. Um, cool. And obviously you've worked with some big stars like Billy Ray Cyrus, Black Magic, Weezer, Panic at the Disco. And you've got a film you're finishing up now. Um, called playing with Beethoven, which is also yes, a lot it was of music. a labor of love. Mm -hmm. It was literally my it's my six feature film, but it's the first film that I really did for me because I was always hired. Oh. So we made it on not enough money. Uh -huh, yeah, <laughs> used every favor in Hollywood to get it done. Yeah, and then I had to edit myself between gigs, so it took two years to oh, edit. So you're an editor. So too. the fact that it just got sent off to color and sound and music, and it's out of my hands, Miracle. is like. <laughs> oh man, I could have cried the day that I oh, handed yeah. it off. Yeah, it's a ton of work. So much work. Um, okay, well, give us a little bit of your background. Like, how did you end up becoming a director and a producer for movies that have to do with music? I well, it's funny is I actually I went to college in the middle of corn. It's Southern okay. Illinois University Edwardsville, mm -hmm. and there's not a lot to do there. Mm. Um, it's very close to St. Louis, but even St. Louis is like. There's not a lot to do there when you grow up in the Midwest. And um, as you know, it's yes. like going to the mall is what people do. Yeah, the kids teenagers do on the weekend. Right. Um, so I was, I remember going in, I was going to be a writer. I was like, I'm going to be a creative writer or a journalist. I don't know, but I'm going to mm -hmm, write. Mm -hmm. And I took one English class and like 
like real English class. And there were so many red lines on one of my <laughs> first papers that I was just like, nah, I'm not doing this. <laughs> so I dropped the class and I needed something quick. So I dropped, I went into an acting class and I kind of found my family of like sort of the weirdos and outcasts yeah, and yeah. like just this weird freedom. And so I kept studying acting in theater and I was, a te- I was terrible. I mean like horrible, but I loved doing it. So I kept doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, I never really could book anything. I remember I did book my first professional play uh, before I graduated. It was, you know, it was in St. Louis. It was a big deal. But I realized, looking back, I booked it because I was very natural. I was a film actor. I was never a stage actor. I just oh, didn't understand okay. it to this day. Yeah. I still don't get it. If you're a good stage actor, you're like, to me, I'm just like, wow. Uh-huh. Um, but then when I went to, I went to New York for two years, and I booked everything I auditioned for. And then I went to L.A., and I couldn't even figure out. I couldn't figure out how to get an agent. I couldn't figure out how to get a student film like I just couldn't yeah. crack the code so I started producing stuff for myself okay. um, that was like 2003 when I did that and it was much easier then because it wasn't like now where everybody's doing the free project yeah. so then you could go you know we're putting together these five short films over five weekends and everybody came out with all this crew and all this gear yeah because people wanted to be a part of something. yeah they just wanted to create yeah um but then from there I started to just want to pick up a camera myself and I got to the point where I just didn't care about acting anymore yeah like I just I remember like friends like the last time I ever agreed to act in something I remember not even wanting to do it and I did it and I was just there like I don't want to I just don't care yeah I want to be making the moments and I just haven't looked back since I mean, even my first thing that we talk about music, the first thing I did for myself was I picked up a camera and I made a little music video to Daughtry's Going Home song. Okay, yeah. With like my then boyfriend and my daughter who was like two and didn't even want to be on camera, but you know, you forced them anyway because <laughs> you're like, mommy needs to practice. <laughs> That's right. Um, and I don't know, I just fell in love with creating music on camera, what you could do with music, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you, you say you don't really have like a musical bone. But I don't believe that. Um, you've got to have at least some sense of rhythm, right? For sure. I mean, I, I've always loved music. I, was, huh? I grew up as a 90s R&B girl. I'm very much an alt-rock girl. Okay, now. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, like, I love, like, Wolf Mother and stuff. But, um, I mean, so I get music. I love music. Music moves me. Yeah. I think that's really what it is. It's the feeling. Yes. Like, I'm really good at placing music. Even in my web series I used to do, like... There's songs I'll hear in TV shows now that I placed in my web series, you know, yeah. five, seven years ago because I just kind of get it. Yes. I couldn't create it. I couldn't sing it. I couldn't. Okay. But but that is a skill set in and of itself to be able to recognize what resonates emotionally. I think so. And be able to yeah. plug it into the right places so that it really heightens the emotion of the moment and everything. Well, you know, as filmmakers, we don't tend to give ourselves credit for much stuff. We try to be more humble or we don't really recognize that we have a skill. But that's one place where I'm like, no, no, I'm really good at picking out music. <laughs> okay, there you go. No, for sure. And, and, and admittedly, in times with our ads, but we don't use music a lot. Most of the stuff is, you know, it's very kind of pitched camera kind of thing. Yeah. And we're, and I'm musical, but I, I like to get other people that maybe are a little bit more plugged into, yeah. you know, what's really fresh and everything with well, that. Well, it's funny that you say that because I actually, I just said this in the Beethoven last screening session we did with the producers and I and they were talking about well that scene will be better with music I'm like no if a scene isn't working without music it's not working you the, heard it here everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> the music should just push it home yes thank you and this is a director yes who, who, loves, who music. loves music and who <laughs> is doing all her stories based around music and everything and so 
Um, I think that's awesome because we say that all the time. We yeah. say make it work, make the edit work first, and if it flows without the music, then you can add it after the fact. I had an assistant editor on Beethoven who spent all this time, wasted so much time um, putting music in to yeah. the, for like temp music, and I literally didn't want, listen to any of it. I went and deleted it before I started to do my take, you know, my run on the edit. Yeah, I'm just like I don't need it. I don't need to hear it. Yeah, and also you don't want to get attached to something you're never going to have. That's right. That's right. It's like oh, there's no rights for that. <laughs> I did that once. I, I remember my very first feature. We put um, Dog Days uh, Florence mm-hmm. Machine song in there. Yeah, it's awesome. And it, it lived. It was the only song that kind of never got replaced. It like lived to the very end when we're like, well, we have to take it out now. It's about to get distribution. Yeah. And we had to have a song created. To sort of try, to, you're yeah. never gonna be Florence in the machine. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the the composer who did it did a really lovely job. I mean, it's it's as close as we're gonna get, you know. And she really did a great job, but it's never gonna feel like the Florence made that moment feel like. Yeah. You know? So it's like, don't get a I, temp scores are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let me ask the the name of the podcast is from poop to gold. Okay. And we always try to get to the root of some of these awesome, not so awesome in the moment, right? But Awesome experiences where you've started out with a really crappy situation and either that you were dealt or you got yourself into, but then you came out of it on the other side with something really great, turned it into gold, whatever. Um, do do one of those or, or 12 of those come to mind for I mean, you? <laughs> I, I literally, I talk about this a lot when I give talks. It's like every, I would tell you a million bad horror stories about films but I look back and I go I always learned something I always took something away I got some you know I met amazing cast I met a DP I love I you know so there's always something that I feel like you take away from even if in the in the middle of the situation you might want to kill somebody yeah (laughs) you want to be looking for a locker to hide the producer (laughs) in for a while yeah um but like I had so many things. I mean, we had this short film Casadora. Day one, we show up with our, you know, our team of fifty cast and crew and we're locked out of the location. Oh gosh. No one had the, the producer doesn't have a cell phone number for the location owner. He's driving around town trying to find this guy. There's no locations manager, so to speak. Yeah, because it's you know, <laughs> yeah, it's a little short, short film. Yeah, it's, just, it's all in the producer. Yeah. And and so we just we couldn't get in. And I was like, great, we're not going to owe these people all money because they've already yeah, come out. Yeah, kill and, fees and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, and so it was one of those, this is going to, film's not going to get made. And the worst part, it was for this very sweet, talented um, actress, and uh, Amber Romeo, and she she made this for herself because she's a stunt. She's She's been doing stunts since she's like 15. She's like 18 now. And like, and her her mom and dad were kind of giving her the money and it wasn't a lot of money. We were already trying to make, basically make gold from this yeah. and more. Yeah, very and much so. And so now they have this. And then we finally get in another day and we're all back. And then the truck breaks down with the gear and we're like on set for two hours waiting for oh, gear to man. show up. And I mean, like it was like the cursed set and the whole, the whole building was this sort of factory. So it smelled really bad and it was really hot. I'm talking like at least a hundred degrees of just, you're sweating the whole time and they're doing stunts. We don't have enough time to do it, but somehow like, you know, at the end of the day, is it perfect? No, like uh-huh. I wouldn't, you know, uh-huh. but but at the end of the day, she's won some Best Actor awards. You know, it's the film's won a couple acknowledgments and festivals, and yeah. and she has a great film at the end. And yeah. that was sort of the important thing. The, the audience—that's my problem. And as you know, as a filmmaker, the audience doesn't know any of 
the poo that yeah, you do it. No. All they know is what's on screen. So you can't go stand up at an audience and go, listen, we only had $12 and some toothpicks, okay? That's right. It doesn't matter what that's we right. have. Yeah. So the fact that she, you know, has a film that's good, I think that that's the gold part of it. And, you know, there's I made some new, you know, some some really great actors, you know, that came out of that. Because actors who will stick through that and yeah. keep an attitude and come out on the other side. It's They're like, gems. You are now in the family. That's yeah. right. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you, you you said it exactly right. That no one ever sees what doesn't end up on screen. Right. All that matters is what's what's in there. They don't care about all the trouble and stuff that went into that. And that's that's just part of your own little backstory, right? Your own yep. little behind the scenes. So, um, for you as a director, what are some of what are some of the most helpful techniques that you use as a director? when you are on set filming with with your actors, with, with talent? Um, one of my favorite things that I do is work a lot with breath. Okay. Because I think actors are always in their head. Okay. And um, the best thing to do to get them out of their head is just to make them breathe. Okay. Um, so even things like uh, maybe they have to cry, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not always – some actors just can't cry mm-hmm. and – and I hate I hate forced emotion. Like it's my least. I'd rather you hold back tears than cry. Right. Um, so I work a lot with the you know just that breathing. Like just sit here and breathe in your chest. And how does it feel? And get it tight. And so the point where like they're not even thinking about anything anymore. They're just kind of concentrating on their breath. And suddenly tears are falling down their face. You know, mm-hmm. or um, anger. You know. Uh, I, I always get them to close up their sort of, I'm like, I want you to feel like you're going to throw up if you say these words and mm-hmm. get, get that fire in your belly. Mm-hmm. And the more they work with that breath, because if we think about as humans, every emotion, our breath is different. Oh, so we yeah. can almost fake that in our bodies wow. and it gets us out of, it gets out of the head. I, it's one of my fa- I'll go to that for almost everything with actors. I'm learning something new. I've got to try that. That That's is one great. I have not actually focused on, but. I haven't had to make a lot of people cry in my ads yet, though, either. <laughs> so, um, But it even works with comedy because, you know, sometimes yeah. people, like, their energy isn't right. So, like, just doing just, things. Like, just you know, like, like just do some jumping jacks or something. Uh-huh. Or a lot of times with comedy, when they're, in, when they're own, in their own heads, I'm like, you got to do something stupid right now. You got to just do something that makes you feel like, let's scream together. Yeah. Let's, like, yeah, just you know, change it up. get out of your head. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's great. So what about... Um, in the editing and post-production process, what you already mentioned one technique is that you, you want the edit to flow and to make sense and to feel good before you add the music in. Mm-hmm. Any, other, any other tips in that area that you use? Um, well, editing is, is such a tricky beast because if you, in, in theory, you have an editor that is an artist yes. and you trust yes. and you get back this magical rough cut, right? right. Um, magical rough cut. Magical. You've had magical rough cuts because <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> We've had a lot of rough cuts that we've been like, like what Martin um, uh, Scorsese says when he's like, if you don't get physically ill when you see your first rough cut, you've done something wrong. Well, I wish I had heard that before I saw one rough cut because I remember I actually had a falling out with a producer because the the rough cut when it came back to me, I was like, it's so bad, I don't know how to give notes on this. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I had, like, with, with Beethoven, I actually cut most of it, and then I was like, it's never going to get done if I don't hand it off for mm-hmm. a little while. So we had um, an amazing um, assistant editor who kind of did a rough assembly, and it really was kind of like this breath of like, ah, oh, now I've got it together, now I can go in and fine-tune without all of the... Um, 
the pressure and the like, because when you're, when you know how it is, if you have all the shots and you're the one who's trying to decide, make all these decisions, it could just, sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I think it feels magical if it just comes back and you're like, okay, this flows. Mm-hmm. Now I can, now I can go and do my thing, but it doesn't Sweet. feel, yeah. Yeah. That, and, and that's just trusting the person you hired, yep. you know, to just kind of. Hiring an editor who is an actual, uh, not just a technician, but an artist, a creative. Mm-hmm. I know I've had, I know directors. I have some really good friends who they are the kind of directors who will literally watch every single take again and just and pick moments out of different, I would lose my mind. Yeah, I don't have time for that. Yeah, I would rather an editor just, I trust them. And then if there's a take that's not working for me, great. I can go, let me see what else I've got. And yeah. A lot of what I do is just tightening it. And I'm not a director who's precious about my footage. Like, there's scenes I love in Beethoven. I'm like, this movie's too long. They got to go. Yeah. You know, my best friend is in one of those. And I'm like, sorry, I have to cut you out. <laughs> but, and I love the scene. It's just, you know, you, yeah. you've got to make it, this It's got to work in the whole. It doesn't have to be. It's not about the scene, right? Mm-hmm. It's about the story as a whole. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Okay. So do you ever have, do you ever, ever have projects where you're both producing and directing? And if yes, then how do you juggle that? Unfortunately, most are me producing and directing. I think a lot of times because of indie film, a lot of times I get hired as a director, but it's by people who've never maybe done anything. Mm -hmm. So if I don't produce, it's not going to be done properly. You know, you're not going to have the right crew. People aren't going to be paid right, whatever it is. Um, Even like just, I know how to finagle and get like, you know, the best makeup or costumes made or whatever I need to do. Whereas like a newer producer doesn't really know how to do that without mm-hmm. spending a lot, a lot of money. Um, and don't get me wrong. I want to pay everybody. I'm ready for my three to 10 to $20 million budgets because yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of the finagling yeah, and I really want to just direct to be honest. Right. Um, but I don't, it's hard as an indie producer. I don't think you really get away from, or any director, it's hard to get away from producing. Uh, juggling them is really just a matter of, Doing, getting as much as you can done in pre-production and then bringing on somebody you really trust to deal with that on set day. So they've been with me through the whole of pre-production. So on set, they understand everything that's going on and I don't have to worry. Now, do things still happen where it's like, Jen, sorry, we have to discuss this? Right. Of course. But if you have, you know, people who can handle those fires. You've got a producer there in that moment to take care of that so you can still stay focused on the vision. I've been really, I, it's really important to me to, to hone, um, not to hone, to, to help people who really want to learn the business, yep. um, especially women in the business. So anybody who's like, I want to shadow or I want to learn, I'm like, come on. And then we, so like on Beethoven, um, Brandon Poehler, he had only really second AD'd a little short for me. He comes from a business background, so he, you know, he has a business sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, look, you want to produce this, like I'll, you we'll spend the year trying to figure out how to get it made on no money and then yeah. you'll know you'll learn. And then now he could go produce something because he's produced a feature film. Yeah. And I trusted him to be on set handling problems. I never yeah. had to really worry about it, even though it was his first feature. Sure. I think it's just picking your team. Like your team is so important in every level. Yes. Like a DP that, could, that drives a director crazy is you're going to make a, you're going to have a problem with the film, you know, and I've had a lot of that issue. Yeah. And for the non-film people here, a DP is obviously a director of photography who's in charge of basically the cameras and I mean, lighting, some of the lighting yeah. and, and the, the, the look of the way the film is being shot in, yeah. in many ways. Right. I mean, obviously you're 
coordinating coordinating very closely with the director. Well, of yeah, and a lot of times what happens is um, you have a you have a cinematographer who they you know they they sort of paint the picture for you, and then I'll say like, "This is great," but I feel like the wall's a little flat. Mm-hmm. Can you give me a splash or something? And then a cinematographer who has ego thinks you're hating their work, and then it becomes a fight and a struggle. Right. And a cinematographer who's collaborative, which the last few cinematographers I've worked with have been dreams, they're like, yes, let's discuss. What can we do? What yeah. are we thinking? And yeah. then we figure out a plan. I mean, collaboration people, is huge. Oh, it just makes the, it's it, the dream. It's, it's night and day difference. It is. And because the film is the great collaborative art form, right? It, it is. You cannot make a film by yourself. Even if you're making a film by yourself, you can't, you know, like, because you can't hold the camera I mean, I think I, when I was acting, I when I was still experimenting, I remember putting a camera on a tripod and like doing lights and doing all this dramatic stuff yeah. to learn. But other than that, like you can't yeah. make a film by yourself. There's right. at least somebody else. That with has you. There's to an be actor. Involved. There's yes. a sound person. There's something. Yes, absolutely. So it's it's so crucial to find the right people. I, I kind of like we have a similar approach at Harmon Brothers when we when we find someone that's like really good um, character wise. It's like, okay, now let's find your passions and where you fit in. Yeah. And in the similar type of way where you had your your friend at the, with a business background. Yeah. Didn't necessarily have all the film language or, or know all the ins and outs and stuff. But you're like, at the end of the day, I know I can trust you and you'll figure the rest of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really good hiring mentality. It is. And I think that you – I always say I will take – a, a less experience with a good attitude over a bad attitude and super skills. Hundred percent of the time, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay, so for people that want to learn about Jen and what you're doing, where where should they look you up? Uh, I am so easy to find because <laughs> <laughs> all of my socials are a Jen Page Film. Okay. Jen with two N's. Okay. P-A-G-E. Um, and then. Google Jen Page, and I'm pretty much the first few pages, so yeah, I'm lucky it's convenient. that way, I guess. Yeah. Although and, I did check once in a while, make sure it wasn't weird up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's important because, like, Jen with one end, you'll find, like, um, like even with Twitter, I remember I had to a, a, take a different handle. I couldn't be Jen Page because she was, like, a... Uh, I don't know. She was like a scrapbooker who did one tweet, and now she owns the Twitter handle. <laughs> so. Yeah, that happens. <laughs> no, that, that happens for sure. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh it's gosh, been a lot of fun to do this. And we have a gift for you, actually. What? Yeah. I like presents. <laughs> there we go. So this is our book. Oh, my God. I was hoping I was going to get the unicorn From, yeah. uh, spray. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, you are getting the unicorn spray. I'm winning today. This is great. There you go. Anyway, and for those of you that want to check out our book, it's on harmanbrothersbook.com, and you can look it up there. Remember to subscribe, follow, like, share, comment, all that good stuff, and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for coming on, Jen. Thank you.